Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, and I'm joined by Hail to the District's Patrick Rice for what we hope will be an ongoing series of post-game recaps after each game of the Washington Redskins 2019 season. Of course, that's subject to motivation and how much losing, frankly speaking, we can bear especially after witnessing what happened in the season over against Philadelphia, the wretched, wretched Philadelphia Eagles earlier today. Um, obviously, Patrick, we thought the tone of this podcast could have been very different when we were swapping texts just before halftime. And then as the saying goes, the proverbial shit hit the Yeah, it did. Uh, when you texted me, I think it was uh, halftime. It was my first West Coast game. So it was like 1130. I was drinking beers. Life was great. Uh, and then – it sucked, but good news is, is we made some money. At least I did. Skin's covered. <laughs> um, so that's, that's good news. The second half was, was terrible, and I think there's a lot of reasons, and, uh, you know, we'll get into that, but you can't you can't go up 17 nothing on the road uh, and then up 13 at halftime, um, especially in division, and blow that the way they did. It's a tough, tough one today for sure. Yeah, God bless Trey Quinn for the backdoor cover. I, I, I saw some places over the lines, went started at 10, jumped down to 9.5, and then went back up to 10, which means that the betting public saw the line at nine and a half and they're like, I'm still going to take Philadelphia, which is crazy. Like in a week one line to see double digits or close to double digits, especially against division rivals. That's, that's obscene. And that still tells you, I mean, the sentiment of, among many people, present company included that Philadelphia is the best team in the NFC present. A lot of people thought, you know, the Redskins are one of the worst teams in the NFL, if not the NFL, I mean, the NFC, if not the NFL. All of that notwithstanding, echoing your sentiments. Um, just over 20 minutes into the game, in terms of game time, the Redskins were up 17 nothing. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. The, you know, the, the Eagles fans were booing the team in the season opener. Generally speaking, they looked discombobulated. I was about to shoot a tweet, and thank God, because this would have been one of those cold takes exposed or whatever that Twitter account is. I was going to write that, are we sure Doug Peterson really is a good play caller and the secret wasn't Frank Reich? Uh, obviously, he left right after the Super Bowl. Like I was about to, and I was like, nah, there's a lot of game left. And true to form, um, from that point onward, the Redskins were scored, outscored 32-10. to 10. And it's really 32-3 to 3 because the last seven points, as I mentioned, was the garbage time, Trey Quinn, uh, you know, uh, backdoor cover. But, as again, it's over the last 40 minutes of the game, they beat us 32-3. to 3. There's just no other way to put it. Um, you know, five minutes in the second quarter, McLaurin, who we'll talk about, Terry McLaurin, put us up 17 nothing. And then from there, again, 32 points for the Eagles in 40 minutes of game time, and we had three. Three prior to, again, the garbage time drive. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good. And, you know, I think uh, if Redskins Twitter after these games is a, is a dark, dark, dark place. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of reasons we lost that game uh, today, but I think the first one is the one that, you know, I think there's like two main culprits. And the first one is that first drive in the second half – was, I mean, third and 10, third and seven, didn't matter. The, the Eagles converted 64% of their, uh, you know, or it might have been higher, more than 68% of their third downs. Like, they just ran it down our throat. Allen wasn't in the game. And, you know, I was watching the game, and I took a deep breath, and I remember saying out loud, I've seen this script before. Because mm-hmm. um, then, we, then we came out, and, you know, people are, you know, I think the hashtag fire Gruden's already trending. Like I had really no problem with, with some of his play calls in the second half. It, it doesn't matter when we're committing holding calls left and right. We had 11 penalties for over 90 yards. Um, Morgan Moses has been called for more holds than anybody in the league the last two years. Like, these guys just, I mean, Philly came in, stomped us, and then 
the offense just wasn't prepared. Um, and it sucks. Um, but those are that, that one stat, I guess like 64% of third downs in the, uh, in the game is, is terrible. And both of Jackson's touchdowns were on third and 10. Um, and you know, like the second one, the one that I think put them up 21, 20 yep. was it. I don't think I've ever been so p- more pissed at Minuski because like we rushed three people. And then for some reason, Nicholson's on an Island with three people streaking down the sideline. Like, yeah, Jackson caught it, but if he goes to Jackson, then Ertz is wide open in the middle of the field. So, like, what the hell are we doing? Um, so, my point is, is like, I don't think it was all Jay. I, I, Minuski's terrible. He's, he's got to go. It's one game in, and I'm already saying that. It's just, we tried to do it in the offseason. I'm, like, really fired up about this. Um, we tried to get rid of him in the offseason. We tried to hire. No one wants to come work for Bruce and Dan, and we're stuck with him. And I think you witnessed, we, we rushed three people. Uh, and without Allen, we were toast, like absolute toast. I mean, I think you, I think you said earlier, we were, we were outgained by like 300 yards or something. Um, it was ridiculous. It was terrible. I, Thomas Boswell, always a legend, tweeted out something which was just staggering that I think it was, again, prior to the aforementioned garbage time drive. It was an outgaming of 303 yards to 30 points in the second half. I mean, 303 yards to 30 after we outgained them about 280 to 130 in the first half. So it's what the fuck did you do at halftime, right? And this is, I think, to the people who are anti-Gruden, and I will give a lot of credence to this idea. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't, I'm not putting this one exclusively or even predominantly at Gruden's feet. But to the people who are the quote-unquote hashtag fire Gruden, I'm not there yet. Um, the one thing is a common denominator. There are no halftime adjustments. I mean, Z-E-R-O, no, zero. none, right? If our game plan going into the game doesn't work and, you know, it's we get the wool pulled over our eyes, we're done. I mean, we might lose 100 to nothing because that's just the way it is. Um, but I, I completely agree with you. I think Greg Minuski, I've been on record that this team, we are the miscongeniality or whatever the award is below miscongeniality when you don't win the Miss America or whatever pageant it is, we're that when it comes to defensive coordinators. I will never forget as long as I live that we, we chased Vic Fangio, thought we had him, we ended up with Joe Barry. We chased Gus Bradley, we didn't we thought we had him, and then we ended up with, you know, Greg Minuski. And it's like we keep these guys who we know are the surefire bets. I can't remember I was joking with someone, but basically we swing for the fences with the hot girl, knowing that the lukewarm, attractive girl is still there and always going to be there for us. And we're never, ever going to get the, you know, the knockout girl. And, and as a result of that, we're stuck with the results of that you know, secondary or tertiary quality type, play, uh, type of, uh, of coordinator. I mean, I think it was hilarious that Pam Oliver, in that halftime interview, I don't know what she was doing. I think they caught her by surprise, whatever. But she was saying, she was like, Jay Gruden said we have to come out in the second half and get a stop. And that's literally the opposite of what happened. They just ran it right down our throat to start off the second half. And, I mean, that was just a harbinger of things to come. Yeah, it was. And the, the, I think the problem is, is like I, the, the needle for fire Jay Gruden definitely moved uh, for me. And I'm a, on record as a pretty big Jay guy. Um, but, like, you're right. The problem is, is, is no one wants to come work for us, so we're stuck with these, you know, B team, even C team defensive coordinators. Minuski's been a defensive coordinator for like, like four different teams, uh, and I don't think he's ever had a uh, top ten defense. I think last year we were fifteenth overall. It was like one of the highest, if not the highest, he's ever had. Um, you know, what I mean, it's it, it sucks. And there's. Um, I just can't watch the skins anymore. When you sit down, it's like third and 10. You're like, okay, we got to get some pressure on the quarterback. 
And basically, I, I bet you the play call is, hey, guys, everyone drop back. Kerrigan will get home. Like, he, he gets home 10 times a year. Great. But you can't do that every single fucking time. Um, it, it, it sucks because, like, you have Landon Collins, who's a, who's a missile. You have Nicholson, who's a missile. Bring these guys. Like, create some havoc. At least do a defensive line stunt. Do something to create pressure. Um, you know, it sucks. And the worst part about it is, like, we're, we're probably one bad uh, toss from uh, uh, Keenum from being right back in the game. But it, you know, I think the defensive lapses was the big takeaway for me, for me from this game. And, like, I don't know if you watched Gruden's post game, but he was clearly pissed about it because he knows he had a game that we clearly could have won. But, you know, when it's third and 10, we're giving a bomb to G-Jacks. Third and 15. Uh, the difference between the two teams, by the way, is on back-to-back drives, we had third and 15. We threw a screen pass to Chris Thompson in the most, in the most you know, Gruden call play of all time. They're third and 15. Everett runs the sticks. Wentz breaks the pocket and throws a strike for a first down, right? That's the difference between the two teams. The other difference between the two teams, end of the game, they're up by two, two scores, and they are still bringing six, seven people uh, after Keenum. Uh, you know, it's just like they, that's how you win football. You know, they, they went for it. They had, they had a pair of, you know, they had, they had some cojones, if you will, some balls. Gruden didn't, and, and especially Minuski. Like, we just sat there and, and let them dictate the game in the second half, uh, to your point. And even Djack said it after the game. He's like, I knew we were going to win. I've been in that locker room at halftime. They thought the game was already over. Um, you know, it sucks. No in-game adjustments. Minuski's terrible, and the Eagles just played to win, and we didn't. That's the, that's the, that's the podcast to me right there. Uh, you said there's so many so, things to unpack, and there, there are hundred. I can't agree with anything you said anymore. Um, so, I mean, it's like literally where do I start? But basically, like the Eagles were well known since the 2017 season when they win the Super Bowl that they look at analytics, they're aggressive, they're I don't want to call them a pioneer. That's giving them too too much credit, but they're one of the more aggressive teams in terms of going for on fourth and short. Charles Davis, who just as a quick aside, Charles Davis was unlistenable like it got to the point where i would have listened to sam huff call the game instead of charles davis sam huff at this age like he was corny he was way off he was you know just saying dumb crap he said jim uh jim the anvil neidhart first of all he compared uh greg Mineski to jim the anvil neidhart which is cool the wrestling nerd nerd and enjoyed that because he wrestled for the ww he didn't say wwe he didn't say wwf he just said the ww he was god awful like just he's so damn stupid and it was just so frustrating listening to him Anyway, he was making the point about how, like, oh, I wouldn't go for fourth down over here. And I'm like, yeah, well, you're not a coach with good reason because you're a moron. And, of course, the Eagles went for it. And, of course, the Eagles made it. And, of course, the Eagles scored a touchdown on that ensuing drive. They've always been, you know, one of the teams that are going to go for it. They're, as you said, like, they're aggressive. They know that you can't take the gas pedal off, uh, your foot off the gas pedal. They can't play cover two defense and hope everything and, and the prevent and all this other crap that, you know, leads us to exactly where we are. But with the whole Greg Minuski, go ahead. No, I, I agree. Yeah, it's, and then Greg Minuski, it's, for the, going back to the Deshaun Jackson point, literally anyone who's watched this team with the pulse under the Jay Gruden era knew that Jackson was going to come in have a big game. I mean, shit, anybody would have known. You couldn't have possibly thought during the two weeks you had to prepare for this game, like, hey, whatever we got to do, we got to make sure Jackson doesn't beat us over the top. I mean, any fucking moron with the pulse could have thought Jackson's going to come out for blow. 
blood. It was the number one storyline on social media that Jackson's going to want to come out for blood. And you let him go for a buck 50 and two touchdowns. How stupid can you possibly be? Like, this is absolutely moronic that you, you knew this was going to happen and you still let it happen and dump truck you as a result of that. And, and we've watched Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was in the 17 draft, if I'm not mistaken, right? 17, 18, 18. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that sounds right. 16 draft, 17 was his MVP, almost MVP season, blew out his new 18 was last year, right? So since 2000, I mean, say late 16, some of the, some of the second time played us, throughout 17, when they slaughtered us twice, right? And that opening game, the one that the Kerrigan had the pick six, and then everything kind of fell off, and Kirk threw another game-winning interception, or game-ending interception, and then the second uh, game. Yeah, 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 I remember that game. That was, that was terrible. <laughs> Tor- torments us like Tony Romo in terms of his elusiveness in the pocket. He had some fucking highlight reel plays. You would think at some point that you know this hoss is hard to bring down. You can't just play patty cake with him and expect that he's going to come down that way. And he does it again. He had that, um, I think it was the touchdown in Alshon, where he, you know, again, broke elusive, you know, broke contain in the pocket, maneuvered his way around, and then find it. Like, we are, we are, Groundhog's Day in terms of the same mistakes plague us over and over and over and over and over again, which has been a signature of Jay Gruden's tenure as a whole. But it's like there's no original thought to your point that goes through Minuski's game plan that you sit on Sunday, you're like, oh, wow, somebody really thought of some something with some ingenuity this week. Yeah, no, it, there's, I mean, literally we just rushed three people and then sometimes, well, not sometimes, usually Kerrigan rushes and that's about it, right? That, that's our entire defense. The other thing that, like, really frustrates me is when you think about the secondary, I mean, they were set up to fail. And, and there's been a lot of, like, talk already about, oh, we, you know, miscommunication, we haven't played a lot together, you know, yada, yada, yada. But, Neither like, on Jackson's team. first – yeah, exactly. On Jackson's first touchdown, and I thought Norman played okay. I didn't think he was great. Uh, I thought Dunmar was awful. Uh, but the the touchdown of DJX, basically Norman was left on an island with, with Jackson. That is going to be a disaster 10 times out of 10. Jackson just ran right by him and went to put the ball right where he needed to because he's, you know, damn good. Um, so with, without any sort of imagination on defense, you know, we sat back. We, you know, DJX is right. We thought we were going to win. We were up 13. Basically, we can sit and prevent and we'll, we'll get a couple scores. But then the offense has four different holding penalties. There's a chop block. We're missing fields down throw. Pete Rich is dropping balls. You know, it's um, it's frustrating. We had a chance. To, we had a chance to you know kind of put some shockwaves in the NFL and and really get this thing off on the right foot. Um, and there's a lot of bright spots like Terry McLaurin's freaking awesome. Um, I thought all the receivers uh, for the most part were awesome. Harmon played well. Uh, you know, Trey Quinn played well. Pete Rich had that drop. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we we tried to replace Minoski in the offseason for a reason, and we lost the game because we couldn't do it. That's how I look at it. The second – I think it was the second DJX bomb. It was Jimmy Moreland, our guy Jimmy Moreland, right? He was lined up. I think he was in the slot position. Uh, it was one-on-one with Jackson. Moreland got pe- caught peeking in the backfield, um, and he tried to flip his hips and run with Jackson, which uh, there's not a, maybe not a corner in the NFL who can flip his hips and run with Jackson because you can't because he's just that damn fast. And then he got, and then you could see like Moreland almost kind of let up a little bit, expecting it safety help over the top. And exactly to your point, Nicholson rolled again, playing single high in the, in the center field. And there was nobody there. I mean, there was nobody within a seven yard radius of Jackson on the second touchdown. And it's like, are you kidding me? You put a rookie seventh round pick. And I know Moreland is above his seventh round pedigree. We've already covered that in a previous podcast, but 
even then, you're going to let the young, inexperienced guy line up one-on-one with Jackson with no help over the top. Did we suddenly forget cover two in this game, or did we just now remember that we don't have a second safety to play opposite Nicholson unless you put, you know, Collins back deep, right? Did we just now realize that? The shit, if we put Collins near the line of scrimmage, we don't have anyone else to play over the top. No ingenuity. Yeah. You do not think of an idea that you have to cover the flat with, 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 uh, with Landon Collins, but you still might not want to have someone over the top, except for Monte Nicholson, who is still a third-year guy and is still, you know, he's far from an Earl Thomas who can handle any of this crap. Yeah, it's not good. I'm actually watching a Pittsburgh-New England game. I'm going to tell you right now, New England's going to be a spot 100. <laughs> Uh, they're good, and they don't even have AB yet. Uh, they're going to beat us by 100 points. Um, and that's with 42 year old yeah, Tom. Yeah, he's still so damn good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to switch to some positive things because I, I do think there's some positive takeaways, but um, it's frustrating where, like, you know, we came out pretty well prepared. That's one thing that Jay's gotten some slack for is, is never having our team prepared. We were game and we punched them square in the mouth. Uh, and then you know, we, we basically sat back and let them take it right back. And it's frustrating. I, I look at the penalties, uh, the defense just being as vanilla as possible with playing like at the first preseason game. Uh, you can't rely so heavily on one player in the NFL, like Al went out and then we just were toast. Um, and it sucks. And now we got the Cowboys coming to town next week and they look pretty damn good today. But granted, I think the giants might be like really bad. Um, but it's it's frustrating. But good thing is is there were some bright spots, right? I thought Keenan was pretty good. Talk about a Colt or not Colt McCoy. Talk about a Kirk Cousins uh, stat line: three eighty three touchdowns and a loss. Um, and you know McLaurin was great. I think Cole Holcomb was pretty good. Uh, dude's got some speed. Um, and it, you know it's nice to see Thompson out there. It's nice to see Geis wasn't very good, uh, but I think it. Is smart to deactivate AP. We can get into that if you want. That's the Absolutely. stupidest storyline I think out there. 100. Um, yeah, there's people literally thinking that we lost the game before because of that benching. Do people realize that like the last eight games of the year last year he averaged like two and a half yards a carry? Like, it's the defense. The defensive line for the Eagles is good. Like that wasn't going to change anything. Um, but I'm very excited about this offense. I didn't think I'd say that. In fact, I'm on record saying I'm not looking forward to it. The, the receivers actually were like a, a big surprise to me. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. There was a big backlash when Case was named the starter, you know, I think prior to even the fourth preseason game. They're like, oh, what was his open quarterback competition? How come not letting Haskins play? And, you know, you, know we, you and I even have respectful disagreements about whether Kingdom should start or whatever. I think not directed at anyone in particular, but I think they should just shut the people up about Haskins. Haskins is great. Haskins has shown so much potential. There are so many, so many, so many good things to take away about the way Haskins played in the preseason. He has all the intangibles you could possibly ask for. He's going to be good. But Keenum has proven with that veteran savvy, almost the, I hate to use that comparison, even though you said it, that that Kirk Cousins-like ability to just make the right decisions outside of making the game-ending interception or the game-changing interception. But as you put it, you know, even if it wasn't garbage time, 380 total yards, career-high 257 passing yards in the first half, right? This is his first game in his offense, and he was able to do that. I, I completely agree with you. Gruden, Gruden had the guys prepared. They came out with a plan. The first drive was very good. And more importantly, they caught the Eagles flat. The Eagles came out flat. Let's, do, let's call a spade a spade. I think the one thing that people are not going to realize, and it's going to really, really – be a thorn or like a, just one of those points where you look at back and go like, man, I can't believe we blew this opportunity. Wentz didn't look good in this game. 
I know the stat line's going to tell you one thing. He missed a lot of throws. He hit the two big ones to Jackson. Obviously, those were backbreakers. He missed a lot of routine throws. He made a big, a few big plays in the fourth, in the plays in the fourth quarter, but that was against a gas defense. Wentz did not look like 2017 Wentz. He looked more like 2018, still getting his feet back under him. So to blow that opportunity really, really sucks. But back on the positives, uh, Terry McLaurin. I mean, you, you, you can't say enough good things about him. I, I love. I love the tweet that uh, Ben Standig put out. I think it was at right. I think it was in the first quarter. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think I, I, I think I sent it to you. Yeah, the yeah. What yeah. about Dachshund? 104 yards in the first half for Terry McLaurin versus Josh Dotson's zero 100-yard games in his three seasons. It's like, I mean, it's just staggering. It's it's hilariously sad and sadly hilarious. I don't know how you want to put it. Um, on the on the touchdown pass, it was it was such a good play because um, the Eagles brought heat. To your point. Geis picked up the blitz, did a really good job with that. McLaurin blew right down the center of the field, blew, Rasul, blew by Rasul Douglas. Good throw by Keenum, put it right in stride. Good catch by McLaurin, caught it two hands perfectly. It was beautiful. I mean, it was just poetry in motion, right? And it was 17 nothing. Um, you know, and, and the other one was just, what, I mean, uh, two feet off, which sounds like a lot, but like – Yeah, not Keenum, Keenum said afterward, he, he thinks he threw the ball just a skosh too early. Um, man, I, I like, I like stood up when the one where he missed McLaurin, um, long, I like stood up. I thought we were back in the game. I thought McLaurin was going to have like a 200 yard day. Yeah. I think he's going to, I mean, this guy might be a stud. Um, he's doing this. We drafted him for special teams. I mean, we were walking in doing this. I mean, you know, we gushed about him in the season preview on the offense and with good reason. We sound, you know, like we weren't just being homers about it. Like he was really, really, really good. And, if you know the if the potential is there, then it's going to be even better. Um, on defense, I think my favorite player or my favorite performance you touched on earlier, Cole Holcomb, streaked a few times, but he had that hair on fire play. A couple of you know like he blew up a couple in the backfield. It's really fun to watch him. Um, you know, Landon Collins made a couple of plays here and there. It was fine. It was very Landon Collins like. Um, you know, nothing spectacular, not to say he doesn't because he's been excellent in the past. But, you know, he made a couple of plays that you expect from someone of his caliber. The rest of the defense, fine. I'm really frustrated, going back to earlier, I'm really frustrated to say that, you know, well, our defense fell apart because we lost John Allen. Like, you can't be, using Gruden's words, a special defense, lose one guy, and all of a sudden you, cheap, you know, fold like a cheap tent. That's not a special defense. That's, it's, a, it's you know, that's, a, that's duct taped together, basically, with no depth. Yeah, it was, it was, it was terrible. Um, but you know, the way I, it took me a while to, to digest this a little bit after watching the second round of games, but the more and more I started watching some of these other teams in the NFL, the more and more I was like, hmm, maybe we will win seven or eight games. Like that was arguably the hardest. I mean, I'm watching the Patriots right now. They're going to, they're going to beat us by a hundred. Uh, but all 14 other games, I think, will be relatively competitive. I mean, the Eagles on the road week one against, you know, the proverbial NFC East favorite, uh, and we we basically, for the most part, went toe-to-toe with them. Um, and, you know, there were some pleasant surprises like McLaurin. And I think the defense, fingers crossed, will get better. Uh, I guess the moral of the story for me is, like, as, as shitty as this loss was, and it was, there's enough there for me to be like, oh, well, maybe, maybe we'll sneak ourselves into nine wins and find a way to the playoffs. Now, granted, I don't really want that to happen. I'm, I'm kind of, like, starting to be like, screw it. Let's just get, let's just get O'Connell in there now. But you know, I think I think this. I mean, this team's not going to lose 13 games. Like they're not. I don't know what the NFL uh, writers are are looking at, but 
I think there's there's some talent there. Um, you know, I think I think we should probably trade uh, Adrian Peterson just to get that away from us. Um, but I'm excited for the team. You know, I, today sucked. It was a terrible loss, but you know, I, I kind of subtly tweeted it after the game. But you know, I don't know if there's another fan base in the NFL that's like this. I'm guessing there is because all fans are bizarre. But um, everyone's like pretty muted about the season, not very excited. And then we lose, and people think like we were going 16 and 0. Uh, we were never supposed to win today. We gave ourselves a chance. You know, I'm, I'm, it makes me excited for the rest of the year. It just sucks that our vanilla defense folded like a cheap tent to your, to your words. And um, now we have to win in Dallas or we're basically toast two weeks into the season, which really sucks. I, there's literally, and I mean literally nothing else I could think of I hate more than losing to the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, it just literally ruins everything, even though you know it's going to happen. And the thing was that the Eagles eventually got the idea that, all right, these guys are kind of, you know, a little bit of uncrusted paper mache without Allen in the middle. Allen is week to week per Jake Gruden's words right now. They're not going to be bashful about running Zeke right down our throat as many times as we can possibly handle. And then 300 more, like they're going to do that. They granted against a piss poor giants team, you know, finally showed some diversity in their offense, which was completely, it was void of that under Scott Linehan last year. Scott Linehan was secretly the MVP of every other team that played the Cowboys because that offense, Vanilla might've been a little too exotic a flavor to describe the Cowboys offense last year. And now with Kellen Moore as their OC, there's a little more diversity. They're making old man Jason Witten look like Tony Gonzalez in his prime today. Um, You know, they, Randall Cobb was running around like it was seven years ago. So they played really well. And again, Zeke is going to be, you know, back in the fold. But I want to go back to your point about, you know, zealous, zealot fan bases and Adrian Peterson. Um, I agree exactly with what you said earlier. I've gone back and forth about this a little bit, but I think this Adrian plotline is the stupidest fake news thing that I've seen, I, I guess, in a couple of weeks, because with Redskins, we've managed to make fake news news all the time. So, but this entire thing of, like, I think, so... Dash K, who's one of the writers on Hills of the District, he made this great tweet, and I, I quoted it right before the game. He's like, if we played Peterson and ran him 12 times and didn't give Geis enough touches, we'd be bitching about not giving Geis enough. Like, it's kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. I get that we probably could have had three healthy guys in Peterson, Geis, and Thompson. That's the game. But shit, man, you know the way if our special teams have been playing for this long? If Jay decided I need another body on special teams and I'm going to use my rent-a-one-week Wendell Smallwood for that, fine. Adrian Peterson isn't getting any younger. We ran Adrian Peterson to the ground last year. To your point, Adrian Peterson ran for less than three yards of carry last year. Short of Walt, the ghost of Walter Payton possessing someone in the – Walter Payton in his prime possessing someone right now, we weren't going to do shit against this Eagles defensive line. Not with fucking Donald Penn and Eric in Flowers, you know, trying to block things uh, – block uh, against those guys. Like, why are we making this much ado about nothing and letting this stale fart linger in the room when it's not a thing? It's just not. Fox was trying to make this a story. Redskins Twitter is trying to make this a story. It's not a story. The story is that our offense ran out of gas, and Adrian Peterson wasn't going to change that. Our defense ran I mean, More importantly, the defense couldn't get a goddamn stop. Yeah. You know, and I think the other thing is, like, Peterson's, what, 34 with a million miles on his legs? Like, we – the NFL is built around young running backs who, you know, aren't – haven't been running to the ground. We, we choose to go with the guy that we drafted in the second round. Uh, it looked pretty good in his action in preseason. Like, who cares? AP wasn't going to get touches if he was, um, you know, 
actually suited up today or if he was active. I think yeah, I think Gruden's just like, screw this situation. I'm just not even going to deal with it, right? Um, so I think it's it's a dumb, dumb storyline. I, I wonder if we will trade him just because, like, it, might, it could clear up just some, you know, the story will just go away. Um, but, like, even the other part about it is, by the way, Pam Oliver today was, like, really bad. She really messed bad. up, like, every report she gave. She gave, messed up every report she gave. Um, but one thing she did mention was that I guess Adrian Peterson was like, yeah, I mean, they've been very upfront with me. Like, they, they told me what the deal was. And, like, he should get that. I mean, it's not like this guy is the – I mean, he's the Hall of Famer. Granted, I think today was his first ever healthy scratch. Yep. But, like, he, he didn't start because guys, you know, could be really good. And um, to your point, like, we were running right at Fletcher Cox with Eric Flowers and Chase Ruye lined up in front of him. Like, we weren't going to run anyway. Um, so it's it's frustrating this is even being a thing. And, like, people who actually think we would have won the game with AP are, are dumb. That's the that's my stance on it because we would have lost anyway. You're bitching about how many times we should have run AP when our offensive line, to your point, had 11 penalties, right? Yeah, literally. I think was every penalty on our defensive or uh, offensive line. I believe like, so. I, 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 that's so bad. Right. There was one play. So it was. It was. Um, I think it was. It was. Uh, it was. A, it was like a third and seven or something like that. And there was three guys on one play got called for a penalty on one play. Three of yeah, our five so offensive bad. linemen. Right, and and we're talking about how Peterson would have made a difference. Like, come on, man, this is this this yeah. is what you, these are the straws that you're grasping for. The defense couldn't yeah. get a stop, and the thing was, we talked about it earlier. The Redskins were attacking them. We were downhill. If if the defense could have gotten a handful of stops and the offense kept going the way they were going, I'm not even asking them to do better. If they kept going the way they were going, it would have been fine. We had yeah. them on their backs, yeah. moving the ball. It's not like all we our offense was, you know, DOA. We were moving the ball through the air. There was a good game plan in place. Now I know the ten carries for eighteen yards from Darius guys is going to look bad, but it doesn't fucking matter when we were moving the ball. It was seventeen nothing twenty minutes into the game. Yeah. Now I'm looking at the plays now. First drive after their touchdown to go to go down twenty fourteen. Uh, Moses has a false start, and then guys got blown up because Fletcher Cox annihilated um, Flowers. They go down to score again, and that's when we we miss the McLaurin deep ball, and then Richardson drops the ball, which would have been a first down, right? And then third down was a penalty from Donald Penn. They declined it, obviously, he's incomplete. Then we finally got the ball back after they scored again, and we you know had seven yards of first down, and then we ultimately had – uh, this is the player talking about is the chop block on Donald Ben, which is a 15 yard penalty. Uh, and Moses had a, and Moses had a holding call and flowers had a holding call all in the same play. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. You're not going to win. And Jay, Jay said it even before the game, we can't afford dumb penalties like holding and whatnot. And, you know, Moses is already talking about after the game, like, I don't know if they have, they have something out for us or, you know, these guys never played football before. They don't know, dude, like, You've been called for more holding calls than any player in the league last two years. Fucking learn how to pass block and run block properly. Like, if it's that big a problem, do something about it. And then, you know what? The other thing that pees me about this damn coaching staff is like Callahan's supposed to be this world renowned offensive line guru, and yet we get flagged 11 times. I mean, it, I mean most of them aren't even flowers. The other ones are pain. They're, they're Moses. Like, oh, it's frustrating. Um, but, the good news is, is the, they held up in the first half. In the second half, they just like totally collapsed. This is it's frustrating. Yeah, if you want to talk about good offensive line coaches, Dante Scarnecchi on the Patriots 
man, that guy could take anybody. That guy could take a recliner and turn him into a decent offensive lineman. And meanwhile, as you said, Bill Callahan's supposed to be the shaman of all offensive linemen. And, you know, and, and what do we have to show for it? Right. Like our offensive yeah, line good, but we're not taking inferior talent and turning them into, you know, shining coal and turning them into diamonds. We're just taking good talent and, and making them good, which is yeah. kind of your job. You know, that's a baseline of your job. Yeah. So, you know, end of the day, I guess my, t- my overall takeaways, if you want to do that type of segment, um, for this game is I think I think overall we have more talent than we did a year ago. I think the team is a little better uh, as a whole, uh, which is encouraging. Um, I was definitely surprised by Keenum and McLaurin and to your point, Cole Holcomb early early on. Uh, but um, it is it is scary when Gruden, who's fighting for a job, is like, hey, you know, if we're gonna win, we have to do it through our special defense, and we got carved up. Mostly because our offensive coordinator, our defensive coordinator, excuse me, is too soft to bring any sort of blitz uh, to to do anything. Like Gruden after the game was like, well, "I wish we had gotten a turnover." Well, you're not going to get a turnover rushing three against a guy that was in MVP consideration and he's in the prime of his career. Um, you know, it's 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 frustrating, but overall, you know, I th- I'm I'm pumped. I won some money today, uh, so that's a starter. Uh, and two, um, I think the team is more talent. I don't know what's going to happen with Dallas, but I've looked around the league. I, I actually think there's a place for us to, to probably knock on the door and have some meaningful football in December, whether we get there or not, who knows, but at least we're not the Browns who, you know, were docked up and then they got smoked. You know, we, we were supposed to get smoked and we came out, punched them in the face, showed some fight. So I'm excited about, you know, next week against Dallas and, and hopefully it's a better result, but overall I think we're a little better um, than most people think, but you know, in a day we still got, some soft coaches at the end of the day. Let's put it that way. That's Do you my, remember the, the 1999 to 2000 Redskins under North way back when? I know that's going back two decades yeah. now. Did you remember 99? We is, is that the team? Is that the team that won the East? Yes, that was the team that won the East, right? Yeah, Brad Johnson, with, with, Larry Sen- with Larry Centers and all them. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Albert Connell. Albert Connell. Connell. Right? Um, and do you yeah. remember in 2000 after D- Danny Boy went shopping for Marco Coleman and Andre, Andre Carter and Mark Carrier and – I don't know if Andre Carter was that year. Mark Carrier and, and stupid-ass Dion. No, he wasn't. Remember? Carter's and remember, later. And you remember, and they pushed all the chips into the center of the table, and everybody thought the Redskins were the Super Bowl contender. Everyone assumed 10 and 16. Got all, you know, we went shopping $200 million or whatever the budget was, and you know, we obviously fell flat on our face. That was Jeff George's year, too. We could sign that's Jeff George, right? And we fell flat on our face. I don't want to make the same comparisons, but the 2019 Browns smell a little bit like that. A little bit. Uh, I, I was like, well, I was like, where are you going with this? There's a little too much hype on that. I, I, one of my pre preseason or one of my season preview columns last week, I was like, let's we've already anointed. Like I love, I think it's Bill Parcells who had the whole, let's all hold off on the anointing oil. We are fucking dousing Baker Mayfield all off season with the anointing oil. And I'm like, bro, let's, let's cool off. Like he's got a couple of bunch of hotheads on that team and Jarvis and OBJ and, and you know Baker's second year in the league. Let's let's not crown their asses. God rest Dennis Dennis Green's yeah. soul. Yeah, right? you know it's it's what's sad is I remember Larry Sinners catching a ball from Brad Johnson. Uh, I think we were playing the Niners. The Niners. And he yep, scampered in. Exactly yeah, it was week, we it was week sixteen I think because we we played Rodney Pete in week seventeen. It's amazing how I can remember that random stuff, but I can't remember what I had for lunch. Totally. Um, and you know we scored. It was like. It was like the sad part about it is, I mean, I was alive for our last Super Bowl, but like in my member, like remembering life, that's one of the biggest highlights as a Skins fan. 
And what people, what, what like shows how dumb of an organization we are since Dan bought us 20 years ago, which is basically, you know, 66% of my life, um, is the, um, where was I going to go with this? I had a good point. I'm losing it. Uh, oh, is, uh, so we win the division, right? Everyone's excited. We're 10 and six. Uh, we should have beat the bucks in the playoffs that year. Um, but before the season even started, Charlie Cassidy pulls off the trade to get us uh, tons of draft picks and which we, then he gets fired. Right. Then we bring in all his talent, but we use those picks on Arling, um, LeVar Arlington, Arrington, excuse me. And uh, Chris Samuels, who, you know, both were pretty good skins. Uh, but then the, 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 the slope started and we haven't been good since. So we went from like a really well organization, well-run organization to dumpy in a span of one season. <laughs> And then, and then, and then it was the Marty era, and then the Spurrier era, and then the you know, and the Gibbs era, which of course, and then the Zorn era. Gibbs. Right? I mean, it's like we've been we've been roaming the desert trying to find Canaan for how many years now, and yeah, there's there's just no hope for it. Um, going back to your table, good. Yeah, go for it. I was gonna say the only the only part that sucks about that is that's why I'm a J guy. It's so mediocre, but like at least we don't suck every year. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Mediocre it's seven wins and three wins. It really is. Yeah, I hear you. No, my, my big takeaway, I think, to put it very simply, I think our offense is better than we expected. Our defense is not as good as we expected. I, I think I just yeah, think it's totally. – At least we got, at least we got Tressway, the MVP. I know, man. Tressway is, Tressway is a punting machine. I, I took a personal yeah, question when, when Tressway didn't get the like, – I think either the Pro Bowl or the pro, uh, All-Pro nomination for punting. I took it very personally. Yeah, we need, a, we need our first All-Pro since Matt Turk. Should have been Tress Way. Trent Williams. Yeah, that's another great. It's a great enough. No, he never has. It's a great, great Redskins stat. We haven't had an All Pro since '96, and that was uh, that was uh, Matt Turk. Great Redskins stat for you. I hate sports sports media sometimes. (laughs) All right. Go Skins. Hopefully, the, the the tune of this. I'm not holding my breath, but hopefully, the tune of this is a lot more positive after the Cowboys game next Sunday. I believe it's a one o'clock kickoff in FedEx, which means great. It'll be filled with. God with infested Cowboys fans. Uh, but thank you again for those of you who've listened. Hopefully your day has been a little bit better uh, after the Redskins game has been over. But uh, haven't done so already, please make sure you follow us on SoundCloud, uh, like us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And like I said, we will talk to you next week after the Cowboys game. God willing, with the W. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.